Hello, everyone. I am Mariah Muhammad, a writer for Becker's Hospital Review. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Becker's Healthcare Podcast Series. Today, I am pleased to be joined by two special guests to discuss why healthcare payers need AI today. So today we have John Keith, CEO of Exponential AI, and Nikhil Minty, President and COO of Exponential AI. So can you both tell us some background information involving your career in healthcare? Oh, surely. Uh, I have been working in the healthcare industry for over 40 years, most of that time on, uh, as a consultant with Deloitte, uh, leading their healthcare strategy practice and working across payers, providers, life sciences, and the government, trying to come up with new models and value-based care, uh, driving value-based care into healthcare. Uh, when I retired from Deloitte in 2017, I had been working for several years and very and became very impressed with the ability for AI to truly impact healthcare. Uh, so post-retirement, we a group got together and we formed Exponential AI with the intent of bringing AI and ML to healthcare in particular. So our, our firm is very uh, domain specific for healthcare and uh, we try and bring Health, AI to healthcare as a core competency by uh, providing a platform that the, our our clients can control. Thanks, John. Again, uh, Nikhil Mendy, uh, almost 22 years experience in healthcare. Started my career at uh, Centene, leading their provider practice, and quickly knew that to have better outcomes in healthcare, we need payers and providers need to work together. That's what brought me to Deloitte, where I was also leading with John the value-based care solutions practice. Uh, and from that, um, I found interest in how to build innovative technology and solutions uh, to transform healthcare. Uh, that journey took me to Highmark, uh, where I was uh, leading uh, product development for the shared services platforms that is shared by large blue plants across the country. Uh, that's when I realized how, what AI and ML can do and how AI and ML can really transform uh, healthcare. And that's what led us to starting Exponential AI in uh, 2019. Great. Thank you so much for that information. And to begin, John, can you tell us a little bit more about Exponential AI? Sure. Um, we founded Exponential AI in 2019 with a very specific mission to bring AI and ML capabilities as a core competency to the healthcare industry. We're very impressed and, and believe that it has tremendous capabilities, as we'll speak to, to transform the industry, uh, but it needed to be delivered as a platform under the control of our clients so that they can evolve their capabilities over time. We are not trying to sell algorithms by the slice. We're trying to sell the capabilities to grow and expand uh, AI and ML as part of the core fabric of, of our clients, both payers and providers. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that information. And John Paco also asked you, why do healthcare payers need AI today? And also, can you explain the urgency? Well, those are those are two questions. One, the, the need for AI is kind of fundamental to the industry. And I'll give a little background on that. And the urgency is because the pressures uh, against the players, the profitability, the frustration of, of and the lack of progress are, are, are big issues, which we think AI can uh, address. Now, for background, 
we think it's important to understand that healthcare, while it's a third of the US GDP, and it has grown through every depression recession we have, it just can, the bubble just continues to get bigger. It's a fundamentally broken ecosystem. The, the system is really designed fundamentally to procure healthcare services. It is not, if you look underneath, designed to actually improve care. The, the mechanisms we have underneath do not provide the transparency or the, the measures of value to actually deliver higher quality care. Those are things people try and superimpose on the, on the, on the ecosystem. Um, there is, it's, there've been many efforts over the years. There's, you know, I've been in the industry for about 40 years and we've done, you know, every experiment with ACOs and uh, medical homes and, and, and new uh, technologies to try and improve the system. But unfortunately, because of its, uh, its underlying structure, those things tend to add more complexity, more administrative burden, and they actually can't pierce through a lot of the problems today because we're really operating on 30-year-old claim systems and clinical systems that are very siloed and very fractured. So in order to really improve care and in order to improve service and make sure we're delivering better value, uh, we need to create transparency and longitudinal uh, views on how care is delivered. And the current systems really, really struggle with that. Uh, on top of that, the government tries to step in and apply regulations for transparency and star scores and all sorts of things. And that has created additional uh, economic burden, but it's also compressed uh, the margins for the players. So while the bubble continues to get bigger, for, for patients, their deductibles are going up, and for the players, all of their margins are dropping. So it's a very inefficient ecosystem. Now, that's kind of where AI comes in. Um, AI, in, in my 40 years, has, has a unique ability to start to pierce all of those silos. And it's a little bit of the old world. We have data everywhere that we need. We can't get at it. So the old saying, you know, water, water everywhere, not a drop to drink. All this information's out there. We just can't pull it in. But AI and ML can actually pull that data in and it can organize it over time and it can turn it into tremendous insights. Um, and we see that on the retail side all the time. Everybody's getting you know, lots of insights through their, on the retail side. In the healthcare side, it's significantly important. Um, and it has the ability to kind of pierce, as I said before, a lot of these silos and give us a look at value and improve the quality and service and transparency and tools that everybody has, both patients and providers, uh, to deliver better care. Now, there's some, is an interesting point uh, here where AI today is kind of used uh, for really clever insights. We'll go to data warehouses and we'll come up with a disease state and we'll look at something very unique and look at years of data and come up with an insight. And that's very powerful. There's been a lot of good done from that. The problem that we see and the way we uh, have approached the market is AI needs to be real time. AI needs to sit inside the process flows and everything that we do and be able to be applied to the millions of decisions we make every day. So making AI real time and have it to run at scale so it's available when uh, the, either providers or payers or patients need that information is a big challenge. And I think Nikhil is gonna to speak to a little bit of that. 
No, absolutely. Uh, thanks, John, and very good insights. Uh, so I'd like to point to some of the facts. If you look in the last six weeks, uh, all the large payers have reported tremendous losses. Uh, there is no exception to this. Um, all, everybody is reporting around a billion plus losses. Uh, if you look at the regulatory landscape, um, last year there was a transparency regulation which required the payers and the providers to create more transparency around the cost or the price of services. That's going to cost the industry, mostly payers and the providers, um, seven to ten billion dollars. Um, if you look at the star scores, um, seven of the top ten payers experienced a drop in their star scores, which means they are not going to get the performance bonuses that they should be getting this year. Now, if all this cost pressure is on the payers today, they will have to offset it in some way or another. One way to increase premiums. But there is only a limit. You need regulatory approvals for that. So that's not going. That's not the option, which means you will have to figure out how to operate more efficiently. Given the amount of data the payers have today, uh, the amount of technology spend that they are having on the legacy systems, uh, it's very difficult and a lot more expensive to replace these systems. So AI brings a very good uh, tool or an ability where you cannot be 100% deterministic, but use the probabilistic nature, apply it to data that's already there and enhance the existing systems while the cost pressures are continuing. So the urgency is that the cost pressures are real, the margin pressures are very real, and AI is one of those tools that has the ability to, uh, to respond to these pressures and help the payers uh, recover from the uh, losses that they have recently incurred. Thank you so much to the both of you for those great answers. And also to the both of you, the next question that I have is, we have seen an explosion of AI use uh, cases across healthcare. Um, are there any specific areas that you both suggest healthcare payers invest their AI efforts to uh, generate maximum impact? So, so the one thing you have to think about when you go to AI, and remember we said we want to use it um, in process, real time, on transactions that are occurring, on care that's being delivered uh, in real time. Uh, those data flows are are everywhere, uh, you know, they're, they're operating, but you have to be able to tap into them. And there's another point here that's important. You have to be able to deliver economic value. So while very often at these early stages of implementing AI, which requires investment and requires tooling, um, the organizations, both payers and providers and others need to be able to generate savings with those in order to continue that investment. It's just a, a, a fact of life. So when we looked at the market, we said, well, there's lots of things that can be done on the clinical side. And they're very interesting. They're very exciting. Turning those actually into bottom line savings is a big challenge up front because you have to change behavior of providers. You have to change behavior of payers. Uh, things actually have to change. And the economic model has to be able to allow those savings to flow back to the people who are making the investment. We looked over on the payer side and said, wait a minute, there's a lot of longitudinal information there. There's a lot of claims history and patient history. And now there's a lot of social determinant data that's out there. And if you could improve in today's world, uh, if you could make the administrative processes much more streamlined, 
much more predictive. Instead of we, we tend to chase things and price, argue about price of a claim and all these other things. If you could streamline a lot of that, um, you could produce huge savings to the industry today. And, and it would encourage the implementation of the AI capabilities on top of these data flows. So we decided that the faster way to get adoption and scale and, and the investment required to get it going was to kind of start on the administrative side of the world versus the pure clinical world. We do we do that as well, but we see the pull and the investment being driven by administrative simplification, predicting capabilities, making things easier for physicians and patients. Those kinds of things uh, generate value immediately and they drive the investment so we get adoption and we start moving up that curve. Because as we said earlier, AI and ML have to be a core competency. It's like operating in the internet. You, it has to be, it's not some analytical tool you put on a shelf, run every couple of times a year, come out with a cool answer. It has to be part of the fabric of, of how we operate. Great point, John. And uh, to add to what John said, uh, if you look at AI, it's the technology is not there to replace that's existing today. It's there to enhance for, especially for healthcare given how many regulations, the PHI, the liability around PHI and PII information, for any technology to come up to speed, it's going to take years. So, but since AI leverages all the data that's already existing, it can very, very well complement the existing workflows. So the key to understand is for AI to increase that adoption, do not look at AI as something that will replace your existing technology. It is something that's going to complement and enhance existing technology. Now, if you look at how industry has adopted AI in the last few years, it is mostly cloud-driven. Now, but the irony of healthcare is most of the transactions are on-prem. So for organizations to take their data, which is on-prem, send it to the cloud, draw the insights using AI and ML and bring it back on-prem, the opportunity is already lost. There is too much time that it takes to make it happen. So AI needs to enable organizations or needs to work in a hybrid environment, both cloud and on-prem, but apply these insights in real-time transactions. So this ability of AI to do uh, work on-prem and in cloud and also apply the recommendations in a real-time transactions is something that organizations need to exploit so that they can get meaningful uh, use out of all the AI and ML capabilities. There's something unique about uh, healthcare and AI that fits together. AI learns and trains on the information that flows through it and it continues to learn. Um, healthcare, for those of us in the industry forever, realize there are wide variations of how healthcare is delivered, consumed, demanded, and behaves locally. If you go to central Detroit in an emergency room versus western Michigan in a rural setting, there are different cultural standards, there's different uh, uh, capacity of delivery, things operate very different very locally. So the same problem you might be able to trying to solve will look very different in those different environments. So what AI does is it learns, it, it, it understands 
the behaviors in those local environments and 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 grow. So building off of Nikhil's point, you really have to bring the AI into the flow and, and it will look very different as you go into different populations, into different geographies. Um, so it, 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 it adapts and it learns and it becomes more powerful um, in the local environment. Yeah, absolutely. That was fantastic um, background and advice both of you just gave. Nikhil, if I could start with you possibly, what are the top three factors challenging AI adoption in healthcare? And also, do you have any way that you, that you can overcome them? Absolutely. Thanks a lot. That's a great question. Uh, so, so I think one of the big factors today, if you see, is uh, the leadership commitment. So uh, if you look at all the payers, very few have a chief digital officer role today. And the chief, so there is no, the leadership is not empowered to make AI as a front and center of their company. That's, that's a big factor in itself. Uh, treating AI as any software is something that uh, many organizations uh, need to change the mindset. Uh, it's not any typical software that follows your SDLC lifecycle. Uh, AI is more probabilistic than deterministic. And that's why it needs a very different approach on how you look at your organization, what opportunities you identify within the organization, and how you implement the AI solutions. Um, building on what John said previously, um, healthcare is very local. Uh, and also dynamic. So you cannot have solutions, one solution that will fit all organizations. You can take the algorithms, you can take the decision agents, but you will still have to retrain them for your specific market, for your specific consumers. Mm -hmm. So having the right talent and the infrastructure and the right technology to be enabled you to retrain your um, algorithm and apply it in on-prem and in cloud in a real-time transaction is definitely that organizations need to solve for. Like if you look at it, Chat GPT in the last three weeks, they had 100 million plus users because they made it very relevant for the end users on how you ask a question and it gives you a very specific answer. You don't have to scroll to find your right answers. Mm -hmm. Same is true for healthcare organizations. They, they should not try to find answers in solutions that are available in the market. They should rather find underlining platform and technology that will help them get to their answers, which they own, the learnings that they own, and they will continue to evolve with these organizations. Yeah. There, there's one piece I'll probably add to that is it, it, it gets to this point of individual adoption, right? People, because trust is a big issue here. So explainability and transparency and explainability are really important as you're as you're starting to use AI. So you know the, the way we usually go about this is you, you'll start with algorithms that are affecting some activity, some decision. We really focus on decisions that are being made. And the system has to show you, well, why did it come up with that answer? And uh, and tell me what the variables were that were really important. So the people who have been doing it, or running the process before can now see, oh, okay, I get those make sense to me. Also, and the confidence intervals of the algorithm start going up and they start adapting it and using it as Nikhil was giving the example on ChatGPT. They will start saying, okay, I can see why the answer is here. I'll start to trust it. Now, the other thing that happens is if you build it today, 
tomorrow there's some new regulation or there's some new contract or the fundamentals change underneath it. So also as you're using AI, you have to be able to monitor the quality of the, of the predictions and what those variables might be changing. So we always look to see, wait a minute, the, the, you know, the confidence intervals are changing. What's the reason? Let's look at the rationale. Maybe we need to monitor this because the fundamentals are we're at, we're at day one of using AI ML in healthcare. We're just learning. We're getting in there. Everything we build today will constantly evolve as we go into the future. So you have to have that, that platform, that capability to see, well, how's it working? Did something change? And, and do I need to kind of tweak the algorithms? Do I need to look at new variables? That is an ongoing process. It's just part of the world we're going to be living in in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much for those amazing answers. And I want to thank you both for your time and thought-provoking responses today. I also want to thank our podcast sponsor, Exponential AI. You can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com. Thank you both again. Thank, thank you. you. Take care.